Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week to chew on God's Word and share that with you. Hopefully encourage you, um, excite you, inspire you to walk in righteousness as you serve your King every day. This week we have with us Jarrell S. Carpe, they say in France. Yeah, which where I have been many times. Have you been to France? No. Oh, dang it. Um, so but I do know how to say Chardonnay. Ch- Chardonnay. I don't know what the appeal is of Chardonnay. I don't know either. Expensive wine, I guess. I guess. Bubbly. I just drink sparkle drinks. <laughs> Give me my frescas. Cucumber. Yeah. So you are with us this morning. You have brought the word and what you are chewing on. And what is that? Give us an introduction. Yeah, I think this might be my first true Eat This Scroll episode mm-hmm. where we talk about what I'm chewing on. So far, I've done a sermon recap for discipleship series, men's discipleship breakfast recaps, and mm-hmm. then going through First Peter, which I actually do study a little bit for because I'm not an encyclopedia of knowledge in my brain. So fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I could not study and have poor content. <laughs> That's, yeah, that is the fine but line we walk. <laughs> this is um, literally something my brain. Well, I guess figuratively, my brain's been chewing on, um, and it's out of the book of Proverbs. And it's from Proverbs 26, 12. It's a good uh, one. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So you see a man who's wise in his own, isn't it? In his own eyes, there's more hope for a fool than for him. So there you go. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, man, I'm trying to think where this has originated in me but Mm -hmm. it's a conversation around humility um maybe intellectual humility or applied intellect so like wisdom isn't just knowing information but it includes how you live Mm -hmm. praxis so it's a it's about what you think is true and how you then go about living it out and um you could come across a person a man or a woman who is wise in their own eyes. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's rocket science, but Chris, like what would that mean? If someone's wise in their own eyes to you? Oh man. Well, they have all the answers and, uh, life has to be lived out according to their estimations. Um, which is not to say, I suppose that the opposite of true is true that there is no right way to do things or, but, um, they certainly have the corner and, I think we'd probably agree that nobody has the corner, so to speak. Ooh, the corner. There's so many um, figures of speech and idioms going yep. on so far. <laughs> um, even to like wise in my own eyes, we don't mean literally literal eyes, but your your own sight. So when you look at yourself, which is basically thinking about yourself, you think of yourself as wise. So there's this kind of um, circular <laughs> process yeah. of like, I think I'm wise, but with that framework... I then look at myself and right. I think I'm wise. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, well, yeah, that's a circular kind of thing, um, which kind of gives me, leads me to our first point is that typically this is someone that's isolated or alone. Mm-hmm. Like it's not talking about, they're not concerned with what other people's eyes are thinking. They're primarily thinking about what they think about themselves, <laughs> which is re- it kind of reinforces it. Mm-hmm. Um, you are your own echo chamber. So this, Typically, this means someone that's alone. Um, or if you are with other people, 
maybe those people are very, very like-minded with you. So um, if you grow up in a particular church tradition, a particular part of the country, a particular subculture, particular time period, um, there's going to be things that, that you think about <laughs> the way you see the world. And those are going to be reinforced by those around you. So nowadays, um, one, we can kind of create our own echo chambers by what media we choose to consume. Mm-hmm. We can also be reinforced with the algorithm yeah. <laughs> of the media right. that wants me to click or get fired up or whatever to, to, to keep their app growing mm-hmm. <laughs> in value and use or just stir the pot. And so in a lot of ways, I think we see polarization now um, kind of coming to the forefront of our culture. Um, and so when you get a bunch of different people and a bunch of different echo chambers, it's just, again, that reinforce reinforcing narrative, like what we already believe is true. We're right. Yeah. It seems like exposure helps, uh, carve away what is true underneath that because it has a natural erosive property. The more opposing ideas you encounter, the more you have to really be challenged. And then whatever's left afterwards is you go, okay, this has stood the test of somebody else coming at it with a hatchet. And so therefore it's, it's more reliable than, right. It's more trustworthy, I suppose, than before it came under attack. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a sense of like, um, kind of a, a liberal uh, perspective that grounded America of like democracy and public square and discourse that there is a safe place for ideas to come and be discussed <laughs> and yeah. everyone people with brains can like give and take a little and leave with some type of compromise and continued like social or economic posture right yeah um, so there's a humility or a teachability there um, and that you don't see in the person that's wise in their own eyes. Um, the last would be, so not just you're alone or you're with people like you, you could be with people who are different than you and you're just cocky. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, you don't actually want to know what they think, care what they think, think they have anything to offer you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you walk around with, you know, your shoulders puffed up and you're like, yeah, I don't, none of these people have anything that they could teach me (laughs) and that's a that seems like it's a psychological isolation it's it's, yeah yeah you have mentally ascended yourself to a place where these people though in proximity to you you know they live in your house or you occupy the same workplace or school um their ideas are are so far below you they're non-threatening yeah you might as well not be interacting with them intellectually right yeah and um so the one of the takeaways that we're moving into is like, all right, if I, if I want this to not be true of me, like the point of this proverb is like, Hey, I mean, it's not just, Hey, if you see someone think this way, it's mm-hmm. don't be that person. Um, and what's interesting is there's more hope for a fool than him. I mean, if you've read the book of Proverbs, there's a sense they're kind of isolated, but there's some motifs that go through and, um, the fool is one of them and he's, the fool is dogged on pretty hard. Yeah. You don't want to be a fool. So if there's more hope for the fool, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, and I think it's logical. It's like, if you take someone that is stuck in their thinking and is unwilling to budge, is unwilling to learn, unwilling to hear from someone that thinks differently, that might actually be right. I mean, what you can't even talk to them. Right. <laughs> right. Like, 
unless they happen to be right and everything, there's just no hope. What part do you think our like intellectual climate plays where on one end of the spectrum, there's almost like this hardened, like evidentialism where I have to be able to touch, feel, taste. You better have a waterproof answer for me or I'm not giving you any credit at all. Or the other side of the coin, whereas there's not really any absolute truth, follow your gut, whatever feels right is right. Like, how do you navigate both of those uh, with this in mind? Chris, why do you have to bring this <laughs> into the cultural <laughs> <Yeah>. sphere? <laughs> um, that's a great question. And, and I mean, I, no, I, go. I was just going to say, I only ask because I, I think through these things in a way that I have to remind myself that, um, that I don't have to have the perfect watertight answer. Like I feel that pressure to, to have this thing be, you know, so bulletproof that there's no, no chance that anything could stand against it. When I present even just simplest ideas, Mm -hmm. like, um, I, you know, a mutual friend of ours, he would always say, I think that I think, and that's one of my favorite takeaways because it means I think that I think this way, but I don't fully know, but I'm going to put it on the table. So Sorry, there you go. Yeah, no, I think there's a difference between intellectual humility and then just no truth at all mm-hmm. or my truth and your truth. And yeah, to your two points, I think our culture is moving in a position of away from absolute truth, even evidence. Mm-hmm. Truth is found within. And you see conflict when my truth and your truth become at odds, which I think this is like the fourth time we've mentioned this. In <laughs> it's not sustainable. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I think, you know, could you imagine a Christian that this would apply to, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not just a random person, but or particular group of Christians that this might apply to. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, am I one of those? <laughs> right. And um, hopefully we're not. But the the fact that I would ask that question of myself is part of not being that person that one of the antidotes to this is to have a ongoing posture of humility. Now, what does that mean? (laughs) That I would wake up and I would say there, I believe and do a lot of things. And there are probably things that I think and believe and do that are not fully faithful to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what I need to realize is that there are a number of outside exposures that might be informing those ways. What I need to do is pay attention to them rather than just assuming I'm right and dismissing them. I mean, it's just like, if you're not lying, then you have nothing to hide, right? So mm-hmm. like that translates, if you're actually trying to pursue truth instead of your opinion, mm-hmm. then you would have no defenses up, Sure, right? Like I would love to enter into any argument, <laughs> not argue, but like, hear any other counterpoint to something that I believe because I'm like, well, maybe maybe I am missing something. Right. Again, that does not mean there is an absolute truth or that I'm not I might not be right in a lot of ways that I need to. Or that like uh, my truth is some like um, like conglomeration of everyone's opinions. No, I would talk to someone and I would be like, yeah, that person is not right. (laughs) And I'll go on. Um, And I think some of that shows up in our conversations is when I'm in a conversation and I'm more likely to tell the person I disagree with what I think, or am I more likely to be curious and like humbly like, well, tell me more. Cause like when I hear that, here's what I think you clearly don't. So how did you get there? You know, because my point isn't to win the argument or, or to even necessarily persuade them because I'm, 
I probably can't. Maybe I could. But uh, the point would be to learn from them. So there's this humble posture of, of learning that every day in a theological conversation, in a philosophical conversation, in a practical conversation, church tradition conversation, I'm asking, is there something for me to learn from people that are outside of my echo chamber and outside of my own self <laughs> reflection? Yeah. And actually kind of out of that James thing we're talking about is looking at the mirror and mm-hmm. see, looking at something in your face and going away and forgetting about it. It's talking about hearing the word and doing the word, mm-hmm. but it's that concept of there'd be a lot of different mirrors that I could shine on different parts of my face. And what the mirror does is it allows you to see a part of your body that you otherwise can't. Mm-hmm. Like I can look at my arm. I can't look at my nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you ever been in a situation where you walk in the bathroom, look at the mirror and you realize there's like something in your teeth Oh yeah. <laughs> and you're like, who have I talked to? And why did they not tell me? Yeah, boogers. <laughs> yeah. Well, boogers. speak for yourself, Chris. <laughs> that never happens to me. <laughs> and so you're wondering how, are there any mirrors that are shining on part of part of my thinking or doing that I'm intentionally not looking at or intentionally seeing and then walking away mm-hmm. from? Um, and I think one of the solutions for that is to have diverse friendships, diverse exposures, to read widely, to um, think outside of you know the whatever bubble. Mm-hmm. you're in and, and just have that humble posture of um you know we're tapping into uh the wisdom of god not the wisdom of Jarrell or chris so um there's a lot going on more than just like my own um i don't know narrow <laughs> opinions about particular things so mm-hmm. um the reason that i wanted like that this has just been on my mind is just seeing um i just interact with a lot of people mm-hmm. and Anytime I come across someone that I'm like, man, it feels like you wouldn't actually be willing to hear a counterpoint that might actually inform your perspective. Like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why would you not? And not just in church settings. I mean, sometimes, but as it relates to, you know, any, any conversation. So all that to say is this is <laughs> literally, that's all I've been chewing on is <laughs> how yeah. could we have intellectual theological life wisdom humility and take on this verse (laughs) and one thing i think is worth pointing out is when you say humility you're not describing a false humility or like a woe is me i'm so lowly i couldn't possibly have anything to say like an inverted pride no Mm -hmm. well and not and not that you don't know anything right or that there aren't things you would stand on and but if you're gonna, you know, the security or like the strength that you're certain that you believe in something would then, it's like, I don't know, this is a stupid analogy. <laughs> if I really <laughs> believe in the bomb suit I'm wearing, I don't care if a bomb goes off. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if I really believe in the truth that I'm putting, like, you know, the practices that I have or whatever, I'm not concerned about someone with a counterpoint. Mm hmm. And if they do have a good point, then I'd be willing to change. Actually, you know what? I've never thought about that. I've never seen it that way. I'm willing to, I'm actually going to go do some thinking. (laughs) Yeah. So just not phased, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've definitely found fruit out of that curiosity, the application of curiosity in other people's lives and thinking through, how did you get here? This is so different than where I've landed and I want to learn, not necessarily so that I can land where you're landed where you've landed, 
but I at least want to know how you managed to end up in yeah. this position so that I can better understand it. Especially if where, where you are, I believe to be truly false and, and damaging or harmful. I want to know how you got there so that I can help better navigate that place and hopefully bring some truth in there, especially as it pertains to biblical truth. You know, other things I've, I feel far less yeah. impassioned. <laughs> right. And we've, you know, we've talked about this. We both have a myriad of different Christian traditions that brought mm-hmm. us to the point that we are, you know, 30 years from now, where we're at now is going to be part of that yeah. fabric. Um, we've been in churches that interpret the Bible different ways than we do now, or we would have at the time. Yeah. Um, and so here's, here's a kicker. And I'm talking about individualism. This upcoming men's thing mm-hmm. is that good. <laughs> we, um, I have a very, very high view of scripture. I have a very, very high view. Like, <laughs> look at your face when I'm making these prefaces. Um, high view of God's work and spirit in us. But I do think we're missing something if our only Bible study is like me in my bedroom by myself. <laughs> like, sure. Um, there's a lens I'm bringing to the Bible and reading the Bible over and over and over again by myself might not only not be helping me, it might be just digging those kind of those lenses deeper that if I read this verse and I interpret it this way, you know, Sean was just talking about turning the other cheek, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you can read that verse as many times you want. (laughs) Sure. And if you only think that only has one meaning that you believe Mm -hmm. it's, it's not helpful. So, okay. Counterpoint (laughs) point, counterpoint. No, cause these are things I do consider frequently and I don't have a very good answer for them yet, but, um, and I could be taking this totally out of context, so grain of salt. But scripture tells us that the spirit, the Holy Spirit, leads us into all truth. And I agree with you in principle that th- it was not meant to be experienced individualistically. Yeah. Scripture. We were meant to do it in community, primarily in the body of Christ, the gathering of believers on a Sunday or whatever. But so how do you reconcile those two things? On one hand, you're right. If we're reading our lens into it, we could read it a thousand times and we're just digging deeper. Right. On the other hand, if we're indwelt by the spirit, there is an efficacy. I think that comes from the spirit working through his word. It's active and living. <laughs> so give me a straight answer that just yeah. makes this all really simple and easy. Well, to digest. one of the things that, I mean, this is like some hypothetical, like, I love those, but if, if some situation was there's a Christian and they couldn't possibly have community, like it's the Bible's communal literature, um, the Hebrew Bible for sure. Mm-hmm. The New Testament. Yeah. There's, yeah. you have a low that, literate, yeah. no printing presses. It's going to be read aloud mm-hmm. in a tur- church gathering. So the idea of your personal Bible study is a really modern sure. thing. Um, If the Bible verse that says, you know, that, spirit works i don't know i i would i think i'd push back on that of like um i don't i guess it would take a miracle (laughs) which i believe in but i just don't understand i mean god god works in very concrete ways and i think part of the body of christ on earth and the work is the collective community that we're a part of and god could i guess speak to me in this mysterious way in my personal private time, or I could just be part of the community. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and I'm not I advocating mean, for, for that. What I mean is the idea that the spirit would like a teacher, you know, hold my hand and, and aid me in landing on the right 
interpretation, let's say, of a text. And and I, again, I say that with with quite a bit of trepidation because somebody can say, I read this, I have the spirit, therefore <laughs> yeah, my yeah. interpretation is correct. I'm surprised you're appealing to it. <laughs> no, no, no. no, I, no I'm, I'm joking with you. Yeah. But when I see scripture that says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, I have to go, okay, so there is an element where hmm. there's some sort of buffer here somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I... Because somebody has know. to land on the right answer, right? You're yeah. appealing to community, which means somebody... No, I mean, I would appeal community. to spirit and community. Like, yeah. I wouldn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the spirit through community. And I, I mean, I think I've no, I know Christians that, I don't know, they would read, they could read the same Bible verse over and over again. They believed it their whole life. They've only heard that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it is true that the spirit does do that, then I guess you'd have to say at some point they would arrive to a very comprehensive view of all scripture by themselves. And I just don't think that would happen. Yeah. So. I think I may be thinking more in the context of the, um, I want to say the serendipity. That's not what I'm, this, <laughs> the, um, perspicuity, the ability to understand the main things. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, I think you can read the Bible and you can come to a pretty cool understanding of what's going on, but wisdom <laughs> would have it that we would want to keep growing in that knowledge. So yeah, no, I, I appreciate the counterpoint. I get what you're saying. And I think there's a tension there. I mean, but either way we could harden our hearts <laughs> and not receive any correction, yeah. whether that's from the community or God's spirit or, right. or the, or the, the fruit of God's word. So anyways, um, I bet you people probably turned us off by now. <laughs> <laughs> but hey this is it i mean this is where good conversation happens but all i have to say is i would love our you know me you our church community my friends to be people that are not wise in their own eyes and in, in a negative way but carry around a intellectual theological practical humility absolutely be great absolutely make for some fun conversations i would and that is what being a part of the body is. We have a myriad of parts that have different skills and perspectives, and um, we trust the same Savior and the Let's same talk. Spirit to unify us. So awesome, Jarrell. Thank you so much for bringing this. There Good you stuff go. from Proverbs, practical stuff. Um, we will get you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.